0: This is a Podcast 225 Production.
1: The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston-Broom.
2: The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Up, up, and away we go.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's so good to be back. Missed y'all. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been in this chair doing this show. Really, really nice. The holiday season is way upon us right now. It is Christmas time. Yes, the, um, the embargo is lifted. Thanksgiving has passed. I am officially celebrating Christmas now. I think you've heard me say that in episodes in December gone by that one of the things that I dislike the most about this time of the year is when we get to this period in in the year, we skip over Thanksgiving to rush to Christmas. I mean, right after Halloween, you're hearing Silent Night, right? And that's all good. Everybody can do what they want to do. But for me, no, no, no. You can't rush past Thanksgiving. It is The most low-maintenance of holidays out there. Think about it. All you do is you get together, you eat, you enjoy friends and family. If you are so inclined, you get to watch football now all day long. It is the absolute perfect holiday. Man, that's amazing. Why would you want to skip over that? But people do. And by not skipping over it, you get to this time of the year where you can really focus on Christmas. Of course, I'm expecting any day now to walk into a department store and see Easter decorations up on a shelf somewhere, too. But uh, we'll deal with that another day. But right now, I can say to all of you, Merry Christmas. Hopefully, you are enjoying this season wherever you are. Episode 223 of The Clay Young Show is here We've got one more show left in 2019, and then that's it until 2020. And I'm looking forward to bigger and better in the coming year. It is going to be a big year for podcast225.com. As many of you already know, the Crime Stoppers podcast is up. Episode one is up right now, getting rave reviews. Episode two is literally days away from this moment that I'm recording this. And by the way, you might want to check by the time you're hearing this, It may already be posted at the website or on the Apple podcast app. And it's again, we the the process of creating the shows, those shows, uh, it's it's so intriguing because of the things that you learn and then the ability to tell stories in the way that we do to hopefully help law enforcement and these families find justice for the victims of violent crime. And episode one is up, the story of Janessa Hartley. Episode two will be the story of Acklin Jackson Jr. And I won't give anything more away than that, but it's already in the can. It's already ready to roll out. And like I said, within the coming days, it will be. And it might be there now. If you haven't subscribed to that show, I don't know what you're waiting on. The Crime Stoppers podcast. It is premier storytelling audio on demand. And you got to check it out. What are you waiting on? Check out the Crime Stoppers podcast. So what's been going on since last we spoke? Well, as I said earlier, in case you didn't uh, pay attention, Thanksgiving has come and gone. Ate myself happy on Thanksgiving and did not regret it at all. That's why God made gyms, to go and work it off. Thanksgiving is not about guilt. I didn't turn down anything. And I was in the gym, (laughs) pounding on the treadmill and clanging and banging on the weights, trying to work off all of that stuff, that good stuff that I only get around to once a year. And it's amazing. I don't have the same problem at Christmas. Yeah, I, I can I can behave in terms of food at Christmas. Always good. Thanksgiving. No, nah. I'm in the gym in other months or in months other than November so that I can enjoy when Thanksgiving rolls around and just shove food into my head like I'm trying to plug a hole. And so that's the way that went. And I'm happy about it. I did, though, and many of you have I'm sure have seen it or heard about it. If you haven't seen it yet, go check out the Irishman. Holy cow! Based on the book, I heard you paint houses, Frank Sheeran, an Irish mobster, who or or let's say an associate of the mob, who is alleging that he was the person to kill Jimmy Hoffa. It was kind of a deathbed confesh- confession. Robert De Niro went out and procured the rights to turn the book into a film from Charles Brandt. And it is directed by Martin Scorsese and also stars Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Stephen Graham, Ray Romano, just Harvey Keitel. So many so many heavies are in. Even old Bo Dietl, From for, for those of you who remember him, he's a, a former uh, NYPD officer. And Private Investigator, I think Bo still has that. And he was on the Imus show for years when uh, Don Imus was doing his radio show. He makes an appearance in the movie and is dropping F-bombs like candy on Halloween, which is no surprise for anybody who knows Bo. But the movie itself is three and a half hours long. And a lot of people have complained about the length of the movie. It didn't bother me at all. As I, Let me take a, of wa- a swig of water here. Didn't bother me at all because it gave you the opportunity to leave, to go do something and then come back to it. And that's, that's important uh, to note because Netflix gives series of shows, you know, like making a murderer, you get a bunch of episodes. I think this was kind of like that three and a half hours. It's rare that you could do it in one sitting. Some people said they did, but yeah, I enjoyed it. So if you haven't seen it, go see it. Maybe not with little kids around. The 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 profanity is quite gratuitous. I don't think there was any nudity in the in the in the movie, none that I remember, I, with the exception of maybe Bo Deedle sitting in a in a sauna with his uh with a towel wrapped around him. Seems like he had been either in the spray tan or the tanning bed before they shot that scene. But you you'll see what I mean when you check it out, but I thought it was great storytelling. I enjoyed it. Some people complained about the length of it. Like I said, I saw a couple of people when I made a comment about it on Facebook, make the comment that it was, they they wouldn't watch it because of Robert De Niro and his politics. I got to tell you, man, I don't really take that stuff that seriously. I really, really don't. And 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 it's like people say stuff all the time. I don't really care what Robert De Niro's politics or for that matter, what any actor's politics happen to be, I don't care what any athletes' politics happen to be. Quite frankly, I wish they would keep that stuff to themselves. I don't care. But if you're going to tell me, depending on, now, if you're egregious about something, then, yeah, probably, depending on what you say, I'm not going to shop your product or whatever you're doing. But when one person says, like, for instance, Robert De Niro cannot stand President Trump, can't stand him. You know, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. There were lots of there are athletes and, and, and people in Hollywood who did not care for President Obama and everybody got their panties in a wad over that and think, ah, it doesn't matter to me. Everybody's got to, look, man, if 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 you gotta go around only finding people who agree with you to talk to and interact with, you're gonna find that that will make your life just difficult. And some of this stuff we just take too seriously and it's like little kids. What do you say about me? I don't care about that, man. I don't care. That's kind of why I enjoy spending time by myself. I enjoy my own company. Because it's just, it's, it's all good. I enjoy talking to you guys. I enjoy these shows. Speaking of politics, as we record episode 223, the Articles of Impeachment were read this morning, again, as I record this open. The Democrats in the House are formally moving through the process to impeach President Trump. Now, he is going to be impeached in the House. The votes are there. And as many of you know, maybe some of you may not, in the Senate he won't be convicted. So what does that mean? It means nothing. It's the Clinton situation all over again. The House impeaches. The Senate will not convict. It'll be business as usual. He will remain in the White House. He will be the Republican nominee for president next year. You know, I'm going to tell you this stuff. I don't think it's smart. I think it's going to backfire on Democrats. Just like it backfired on Republicans 20 years ago. I think the there there that you are talking about, you can have a debate one way or the other, but the way that this thing is playing out and the bickering, I don't think it's going to help Democrats cause any any more than it helped Republicans 20 years ago. Just my opinion. Now, again, you might decide at this point to turn the podcast off because I said that. Hopefully you're more grown up than that. But if you are, it's been great having you. But I don't think that I don't think the way that this is playing out in the media does anyone any favors. Because think about it. Now, go with me on this. Even people who agree with you, if you catch them just bug eyed saliva popping out of the mouth, almost conniption fit level screaming about something, you're kind of like, okay, chill out. Yeah, we may agree, but calm down. Don't pop your aorta, you know. And if someone on the other side goes that way from your political views, you're looking at them like you're a nut. I don't even want to debate with you right now because you look like you're about to grab your chest and call for Elizabeth. Everybody under the age of 40 may have missed that reference. I apologize for that. It's a reference to the old Sanford and Sons show. So I don't, I, don't think, I don't know that it's going to help their cause. President Trump is going to be the nominee. I think he was ready for this to happen because I think he saw the spectacle coming a long way away. But I felt the same way 20 years ago. President Clinton left the Oval Office with, I think, a near 70% approval rating. Like it or hate it, that's how it went down. Now, I don't think Trump's going to have a 70% approval rating. Don't see that. But I do think for the most part, because of the nature of what we're talking about, it's going to embolden supporters of the president to be even more in lockstep with him as they support him coming into next year. And I think he knew that, which is why I think he wanted this process to go forward. Because it's a chance to keep his particular base fired up. Democrats in Washington need to be focused on finding a horse. Because with all due respect to him, I just don't know that that's Joe Biden. It's going to be interesting. You know, I shoot you guys straight. Just like I did with the governor's race. Told you what I thought about it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Speaking of the governor's race, the man who won that contest is our guest. On this edition of the Clay Young Show, Governor John Bell Edwards will be joining us by way of telephone in just a bit. And as we've already had the conversation, it was a brief one because he was in between a couple of things. And I'm hoping to have an extended conversation with him sometime uh, after the first of the year. We talk a little bit about the election, talk a little bit about what he intends to do in this coming year. Talk with him about the legislature. You know, there's a supermajority in the Senate and two votes away from one in the House of Representatives in Louisiana. That's going to make for interesting politics around here. But Governor Edwards ran one hell of a campaign. And his, his television was pristine. I think in the second go around, he engaged African-American voters even more. And I think that paid off greatly for him in terms of the turnout there. And I also think you couple that with the number of Republicans who weren't totally sure about Eddie Rasponi and the fact that Mr. Rasponi didn't go out and get the unyielding support of Ralph Abraham supporters and voters. I don't think that happened. Now, I will push back on one thing. There are people who are saying that President Trump came here And President Trump, um, he couldn't help Eddie Rasponi get elected. I'll be honest with you, with the way that Rasponi campaign was run, I think had Trump not come here, it would have been a blowout. I don't think if you compare the way John Bell Edwards ran for office and the campaign and the media and the messaging with Rasponi, it's night and day. That second debate Eddie Rasponi had helped him a great deal, but it didn't turn out to be enough. I think I shared with you on election day, Eddie Rasponi got 774,000 votes or 74, 730,000 votes. And in that same election, Kyle Arduin, who ran for re-election in the secretary of state's race, got over 100,000 more votes than Eddie Rasponi. I don't think Republicans went into the booth, voted for Kyle Ardwan, and then changed their party affiliation while they were in the booth. I think a lot of them didn't vote for him. So we'll see what happens going forward. But look, I uh, I enjoy I enjoyed covering that with, with our buddy uh John Cuvion. Enjoyed talking with you and exchanging and messaging and emailing with many of you who did engage with me on that subject, but now the new term for governor Edwards and the new term for this really Republican legislature is about to begin. And I think it's going to be interesting. And let's hope that the end result is better for Louisiana. Right? So what does governor Edwards think about the way that campaign and that election went and what are his thoughts on president Trump? Hmm. Why don't we let him tell us?
2: Podcast225.com
1: Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows, and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website, and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225 214 1550. That's 225 214 1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. Clay Young here with Brian Lowe with Brian Lowe Financial. Let's talk about taxes. People hate it, but it's a good conversation. What are some ways you can lower taxes?
2: You know, really, I'm talking about business owners first. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, business owners are busy, but there's uh, five, six, seven solutions to lower your taxes. It's real simple. So Mm -hmm. one
1: is just do a defined benefit, a cash balance pension plan. We can put away hundreds of thousands of dollars each year pulled out of the the business uh, tax-free, defer it for a later time, and then take income, and it's ordinary income. That's one way. Another way, we can just write a check. Give me a call, $10,000 check, and we'll give you a five-to-one tax savings. These are federal programs out there
2: to help you lower your tax it's just that simple pick out the phone give us a call
1: brian's got an amazing team he's been doing this over 20 years and you've helped a great number of people learn how to lower their taxes quickly is it complicated it's very simple it's a it's a four-step process uh,
2: visit come on in and then we'll punt to the second visit and see where where that takes us
1: look him up brianlowfinancial.com
2: this is the clay young show
1: back with Governor John Bell Edwards recently off his reelection to Governor of Louisiana the great state of Louisiana winning by some 40,300 votes over Eddie Responi Governor how are you
0: You know I'm doing very well thank you very much I appreciate you asking and you know we're getting close to Christmas and and uh the holiday season, and I'm excited about that. But I'm excited about that big election win that you just referenced, and and uh, the ability that I'm going to have to continue to serve as governor over the next four years, and and uh, continue to make progress, uh, you know, for the state. And, and so anyway, I have a lot to be thankful for, and I am thankful. And and of course, I'm mindful that uh, that we still have challenges that that we have to. Uh, meet and overcome. uh, But I'm very, very optimistic that we're going to do that. I know we're much stronger and better off today than we were four years ago. And I'm just completely confident and optimistic that four years from now, we're going to be able to say we're even better still uh, because of the work that we're going to be able to to do.
1: It's interesting being the only uh, Democratic governor in, in the Gulf South and in such a red state, and polling, as you did even before the election, you know you were going into this race as the front runner. It wasn't a case of, "Hey, he's a he's a placeholder, and and someone else going is going to jump in and unseat him." Kind of talk about the first three years of getting into that office and how you were able to maintain popularity across the state.
0: Well, well, first of all, I, I think that that uh, just about everybody in Louisiana was mindful of just how dire the situation was 4 years ago with the largest ever budget deficit 2 billion dollars after we had cut higher education more than any other state in the nation over the previous 8 years raised tuition more than any other state in the nation over the previous 8 years uh so many things that were that were not going well uh, and I think they just saw an administration, not just me, but everybody who works for me. And, and by the way, most members of the legislature, too, work so hard to come together, irrespective of party, party, uh, and just be Louisianans first and fix those problems, restore stability, make critical investments again, uh, and then make some other decisions uh, really premised upon common sense and compassion, like the Medicaid expansion, which saved money ensured the most people in the history of the state of Louisiana. We haven't lost a single hospital, and we're literally saving lives. And And, and so it, it was the complete body of work done by the administration and by the vast majority of folks in the legislature that I think convinced people that the state was better off, heading in the right direction, um, and, 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 and I think that, that that's why We were successful in the election, and while we started the election not, you know, as you mentioned, uh, as the front runner, um, you know, I I sort of get a kick out of people when they say I'm the accidental governor because I beat David Vitter. You know, he had won a statewide election uh, after all of his his issues came to light, Uh, uh, and and then I ran against uh, him for governor and won. Um, But but we we did an awful lot of good work. And it was hard. The the circumstances were difficult. We had a number of members of the legislature. It was a minority uh, who were obstructionists first. uh, But, but, you know, we needed a two-thirds vote to really solve those challenges. And on occasion, they were able to block the two-thirds vote uh, for a while. Uh, But ultimately, we persevered through seven special sessions, got our state in a situation where we've now run three consecutive surpluses, gave the first teacher pay raise in 10 years, first new investment in higher education in 10 years, uh, have the largest economy in the history of the state, the highest amount of personal income in the history of the state. And recently we had uh, the lowest uh, unemployment in, I think, 12 years. So so we've just done a lot of good work, and I think the people of Louisiana understood it. Uh, and, and And, you know, even on the eve of the election, my approval rating was 56 percent. Now, I got a little less than 52 percent of the vote and there are some people who said well yeah he's done a good job but i'm not voting for him because he's a democrat you know but uh, but i think that's why we went into that election as the front runner even though i'm the only democratic yeah. governor in the deep south
1: you know one of the things said uh, in in the campaign was about your uh, your relationship with the business community and lobby and, lo- and a lot of those groups were against you. They were opposed to you, and they made the case that the businesses were leaving Louisiana. It's not good in Louisiana right now. The governor tells you one thing, but the reality is another. Well, clearly, you know, the the state took your side of that because you're sitting here now about to be reelected. But what's your response to that?
0: Well, well, first of all, not only did the state take my side, so did the president. Uh, when the president came down to Monroe for the rally, the White House Communications Office put out information touting that Louisiana was booming uh, over the last three years, uh, that we had created 21,000 jobs, 5,000 uh, of those being in manufacturing, that we're leading the nation in, in uh, uh, gas exports, that wages were up, the lowest unemployment in 12 years. All of that was, was absolutely true. Um and it remains true, you know the the uh l s u economists uh put out a report recently that said louisiana is in the midst of of a boom and 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 it is true and and we're going to see a whole lot of of construction that takes place uh starting in twenty twenty um that really uh revitalizes that entire sector of our economy and so so we're we're doing much better. You know, if if you're running against an incumbent, you got to say something, and you can't say, "Well, he's doing a great job," but but uh, but vote for me anyway. Um, and, and so, that, and and it, 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 it's it's so funny that all of the people who were saying that about me had been ardent, loyal supporters of my predecessor, uh, Bobby Jindal, who left me with the two billion dollar budget deficit and left me with an unemployment rate that was at least two full percentage points higher than what it is uh today uh and 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 so forth and so it, that was all politics uh but but the political season is over now it's time to govern and i'm going to work with those people just as i always have uh to continue to move our state forward and and if they want to work with me in good faith, I promise you there's room at the table for them.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting. There is basically a supermajority in the Senate and a couple votes away from that in the House. What is your game plan on building and, and having a, a spirit of bipartisanship as you you know get through these waters for Louisiana? Well,
0: first of all, it's no different than it was in the first term. I always worked with, with people, whether they're Republicans, Democrats or independents. Um, and I don't worry about The number of members who are of a particular party, uh, I I look at the individuals and I know that there are a lot of really good people out there who intend to come and do the people's business and they want to be Louisianans first. They don't want to be Republicans first. Um, and they understand we have we have challenges that we have to continue to address, and we've got things that we have to be able to get done. Um, and and I still think that the number of folks, the percentage of folks in the legislature who really want to be obstructionists is going to be relatively small. And what's the end game for obstructionism now? You know, you, even though it was wrong, uh, at least they 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 obstructed in the first term to try to prevent me from being reelected. Well, that didn't work, and we were able to fix our problems too. So, what what is the end game of obstructionism in a second term? Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't get it, uh, but I'm not going to approach it from 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 that uh, viewpoint. I'm just going to work with with people uh, to make sure that we continue to move our state forward. And as I look at the individual members of the House and the Senate, irrespective of party, there are clear majorities of people in both uh, who are going to work, I believe, in, in good faith. And we're not always going to be able to agree. Uh, but where we disagree, so long as we can talk, we'll find our way around those disagreements, and we'll, we'll move our state forward. That is absolutely no different than it was in the first term, and you're going to see me to continue to work very hard, be very accessible, um, and I'm going to be talking to and meeting with uh, all of these legislators uh, just nonstop stop. To make sure that we can we can do the people's business.
1: Two more questions back. I'll ask them back to back because we only got a couple of minutes. I know you got to run. One, what was your relationship with the president and the White House pre the campaign cycle? And as you go into the first half of 2020, what's your vision for Louisiana?
0: Okay. Well, first of all, the first one's easy. I I genuinely believe that to be the best governor uh, that I can be for Louisiana that i have to have the best possible working relationship with the president regardless of the president's party uh... that was my viewpoint in my first year when it was barack obama uh... that has been uh, my position over the last three years or working with uh... president trump and we we had a great working relationship with both presidents um, I met with the president and members of his cabinet on nine separate occasions uh, to talk about critical things like infrastructure, like criminal justice reform, like the opioid epidemic. Uh, And when he called me on the Monday after the election, uh, you know, it was almost as if he hadn't paid three visits to the state, uh, and he hadn't said the things that he said, but what what he indicated to me was, he says, you know, you, you must be a heck of a candidate. You won a very tough race. He said, I'm just hopeful that we can now resume our good working relationship. Well, that's what I've been telling the people huh. of Louisiana. I was going to do after the election anyway, and that's in fact what I'm going to do. Um, so that that won't be a problem for me. In fact, my chief of staff today, as we speak, is in Washington, uh, meeting with with uh, folks uh, at the White House um, uh, to talk about a couple of things. And uh, secondly, the vi- the vision going forward is is to do those things we talked about in the campaign. We, we're going to we have to maintain. Um, The momentum we have, we have to have the stability um, in our budget so that we can continue to invest in education. We need to get our teachers to the southern average at least in terms of pay. Uh, We've got to make sure that that we invest more in, in early childhood education so that more of our children, particularly those zero to three, have good um, uh, opportunities for early childhood education and start school ready to learn. Uh, We're going to continue to focus on the economy and and economic development with uh, winning uh, these economic development projects and the investment and the job creation that flows from that.
2: You're going to see a huge
0: emphasis on infrastructure. This time next year, we're going to be Uh, bonding out $700 million in revenue for the biggest injection of new investment in transportation infrastructure in 30 years, that's not going to be enough to fix all of our problems. So I'm going to be working with the legislature to to do even more than that. Look, the bottom line is, Clay, there's no shortage of things to to do. Uh, We're going to be busy all the way through the four years, and I am am absolutely determined, 100% determined and and optimistic, confident that it's going to happen. We're going to leave our state fundamentally, and much, much better off, much stronger than she is today, and I know she's much stronger today than she was four years ago.
1: Well, listen, I know you got to run sometime after the first of the year, and you get through the pomp and circumstances of getting back in there. I'd love to have you back to kind of talk about, uh, you know, some of the details that you have ahead of what's going to be the session next year and everything going on, and again, congratulations on your reelection.
0: Thank you, Clay, and, and we'll make that happen.
1: All right, Governor. Governor John Bell Edwards.
2: Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones, their intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the the most up-to-date phone and intercom kind of technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Oh, take my word for it. Give them a call 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Or look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue continue. continue to give you great service. Clay
1: Young here with Charles Harvey with the Metropolitan Health Group with offices in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Lafayette. Charles, if someone is injured in a car accident, they need medical attention right now, they should call Metro, correct?
2: Absolutely, Clay. Call us. We can get you in. Same day appointments, get you back on the road to recovery. How
1: tough is this process? Not at all. You get in an accident and you have injuries, have your attorney call us Mm -hmm. immediately. We can get you in that same day. Let me just go back if I call today, I can get in today. You can get in today. That's a guarantee. What are some of the services you offer at Metro?
2: We have on-site x-rays. We have licensed physical therapists. We have complimentary transportation. If your car was wrecked and totaled, we can get you there without any cost to
1: you. We have everything you need to get you back on that road to recovery. So do not hesitate to call the people at Metropolitan Health Group in Baton Rouge. You can reach them at 225-926-3343. That's 926 Three three four three for the Metropolitan Health Group.
2: The issues, the policies, the people. This is the Clay Young Show.
1: I am. The holiday season is upon us. Sleigh bells ring. You know, lately in Louisiana, the weather has been cooperating with the with the fact that it's it's the Christmas season. It hasn't been 80 degrees most days. Now, I'm saying that right now, and by the time you may be hearing this show, it might be 75 or 80 degrees outside because Louisiana has the most schizophrenic weather in all of America. It just changes on a whim. I mean, heck, the other day, I think two days ago here, uh, we, we the day started and the temperature in the morning. I can remember going to the gym before the break of day and it was it was so muggy and humid outside. And then coming back, same thing. Get to my office, still walking in. It's raining. It's misting. By the time I left, sometime after lunch to go to a meeting, it had the temperature had dropped probably 25 degrees. I mean that's that's really and it's like on a whim in Louisiana. Just so you got to pay attention to what the weather is going to do. Listen, a special thanks to Governor Edwards for being on with us and talking with us uh, about the campaign and everything going on there. We hope to get him back after the first of the year. As I said in the open, also, don't forget to check out the Crime Stoppers podcast. Episode two will be on the way. Looking forward to presenting that to you here at Podcast 225 and on the Apple Podcast app. Other ways of getting the show are on their way to you just after the first of the year. Actually, we're working on a tweak and kind of a refreshing of the website as we speak. All right, taking up enough of your time, you can catch me on social media, Clay Young on Facebook, Twitter at Clay Young BR, on Instagram, Clay underscore Young BR, Or of course, you can just email me, Clay at podcast 225 Special thanks to Governor Edwards for being on with us again on this episode. And hopefully you are enjoying your holiday season with your family again. Merry Christmas and thank you for being here
2: with us. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.